0: I am your host, John Carter, and you are listening to The 919, the only podcast dedicated to telling the stories of people within the Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill areas of North Carolina. This podcast is all about the over 1.5 million people who live here, whether you lived in a triangle your whole life or you're a transplant like me. So excited for today's show, I talk with Andrew Keel, a knife designer at Kershaw in Portland, Oregon. And Chris Bollinger, a robotics engineering graduate student at Oregon State. So you probably just heard that and said to yourself, well, isn't this supposed to be about people in the 919? And you'd be correct. But the reason they're on the pod is because these are two really talented guys who grew up in the Triangle, are making impact somewhere else, and aim to come back to the area one day. If you think you're interesting or you know someone who is making impact and transforming the 919 for the better, let me know. Email me at the 919 podcasts at gmail.com or connect with the show via Twitter or Facebook. Also, if you're a business owner and want to reach interesting and interested people across the triangle, email me again at the 919 podcasts at gmail.com. All right, again, I'm hanging out with Andrew Keel and Chris Bollinger. Let's get started. I am here with Andrew Keel and Chris Bollinger, um, two friends I've known for five, five years for, give or take, yeah. there are nods, um, Andrew is a knife designer at Kershaw, and there's a probably a better title, is That's that That's fine, yeah, knife? Kershaw's fine, Kershaw Knives, good. Ni- no, knife designer. Well, what's
1: your job?
2: Oh, I'm just a product designer.
0: Product designer, I like saying knife, when I tell people about your job, it's knife designer, so, you should say something like, crikey. No, like oh. <laughs> like you um, say that, Kershaw, um, the the opinions I express in this. Ah, uh, yes. A that. non-disclosure.
2: Yep. No, it's good. They know how I feel. So. Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> awesome, perfect. And then Chris Bollinger with me is a graduate student at Oregon State studying, I want to say robotics. That's but... right, yep. Okay, robotics. great. I knew it was something cool. Something
2: smart people-y.
0: I knew it wasn't just regular engineering. I knew it was... Robotics, the next or level. yeah, next level. So, I'm taking a bit of a risk by having two people who don't even live in North Carolina or the Triangle uh, in one of my first podcasts. But um, these are two really great friends of mine. They have they have done a lot of really cool things in North Carolina while they've been here, and uh, we both, or all three of us, went to North Carolina State uh, undergrad, and we visit, we graduated. How many months ago? Seven. So, sure. Right? sure. Yeah. In May, something like yeah. in May. Yeah. So, <clears throat> actually, tonight we're having a, sort of a friend reunion, us and a couple other people. So we're gonna get back to that. Make this a short, shorter podcast. But, um, all right. So, you guys both grew up in the nine one nine, right?
2: Oh yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Okay, so, Andrew, you've been here your whole life, or
2: uh, two years in Virginia when I was young, but that's, doesn't count. Doesn't count. No,
0: no. How, how young like,
2: when I was like. Four to five. No. Nah, so like good. I lived in
0: Virginia too. Oh my gosh, we're in Virginia,
2: Virginia Beach. But okay,
0: no, I was anyways. I was in the uh, coal country, so uh, total opposite end of. <laughs> the city. other Virginia. All, yeah. all good. And Chris, yeah. you were in. Uh, I was Apes? here by
1: four, so yeah, I grew up in Cary. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Very cool.
0: Yep.
2: In
1: the nine Northwest Apex.
0: Very cool. So you've been here your whole life, and it was just obvious, I guess, that you guys would go to North Carolina State, or was that ever in question?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, mean. looked at other schools, but that was definitely my number one choice. Number one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to stay in the area. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stay local, in-state tuition. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: So. And I knew you would be there, so. Oh. That's not true.
0: You didn't know I was going
2: to be there. I had this (laughs) feeling, you know, like, you just kind of know. It's very strong. (laughs) You know, so.
0: Um, Okay, so you two did very interesting things, I think, that are different from the normal college experience and that your majors were very interesting so andrew how about you go first what did you major in how did you or what did you do at state and then how did you arrive in oregon
2: sure um so it's a long story but i'll keep it short um basically i studied industrial design at nc state um which involved a lot of like honestly a lot of just like skill developing throughout the years um so building the skills in classes like sketching and, you know, working in, in the computer modeling stuff. And then we would have a studio class each year where we would have, like, projects. So that was really good, and that really kind of, I felt like, prepared me for, like, what a regular workflow would be. Like, you know, where you have a project and a deadline, you have to, you know, pace to get done by that deadline. Um, so that was really cool. Um, it definitely involved a few late nights, but, um, but I still... Just like I mean, yeah, a few, you know, a few. Just it wasn't every other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every other. Man. No, it wasn't as bad for me as for many of my uh, my classmates. Um, I had a good, thanks to you guys, I had a good like life work balance, um, which is pretty rare, I would say, in design school. But yeah, and so then I um yeah I got a job, um, designing knives in Oregon, and so I uh, moved out there.
0: Yeah, I was a business major, so I didn't study. Or, <laughs> I know. <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so Oregon. Um, so you're industrial design yes. and so now you design knives. I do. I were do. you doing that for a while or you just, uh, wanted, you just wanted to make knives when you were, uh... yeah, that
2: was always kind of, you know, um, your tastes definitely developed throughout as you're kind of learning more about like what's possible. I went through a phase where I really wanted to design, you know, like, like weapons for movies and stuff like that. Um, and honestly, like designing pocket knives is, is as far as like in the real world is actually, is decently close to that. Um, yeah, so I from you know about s- late junior, early senior year, I really felt kind of a pull towards the outdoor gear industry, um, specifically stuff that was what we would call like maybe like hardware, like not soft goods, so not backpacks, not you know tents, but stuff more like you know axes and knives and things like that, and that's definitely what I wanted to do. So it was honestly, it was a real blessing that I was able to get you know right out of college into the really my dream job, honestly.
0: That's that's awesome. And now you're in Oregon. All right, Chris. So same same thing. How did you or what did you do at state, and then how did you arrive in Oregon? Yeah.
1: So I did a an uh, undergrad. I did a double major in computer engineering and computer science, which so are easy. related. <laughs> right. But yeah, he never worked well, at all. Yeah. No. Uh. So so yeah, double majoring, I guess, was an interesting decision. It was honestly more out of indecision as a freshman than any like coherent thought pattern. So the thought originally was, did it the
0: thought was well I guess I don't want to do one engineering so I'll just do two <laughs>
1: yeah or more like it? I didn't know which one I wanted to do and so i I thought I uh I thought I could do both at once because I was arrogant like that as a freshman um, so <laughs> but you but you did I did pull did. it off I did pull it off I don't so. know if I would recommend it to everybody but um yeah so so then um I guess starting off in high school really uh, we did some competitive robotics my dad and I where you'd like uh Like one challenge we did was with soccer where you would have two robots and you'd you'd play like 2v2 robot soccer. So in high school, like obviously our results were solidly meh, I guess. You know, like (laughs) the robots moved and sometimes they scored and sometimes they blocked goals, but it was very ad hoc, I guess. And so I knew I wanted to do that more usefully once I had some engineering stuff. And so my thought at first was that there'd be some robotics companies out there and I could probably get a job with one of them uh, after finishing undergrad, but when you, when you actually look around at the, at the job market, it's a uh, master's degrees are very helpful in robotics. So, uh, you know, junior year, you start looking around at different positions and it turned out that Oregon State was a very good program and also a young program, which I was interested in because generally when you, when you look at professors and how active they are and how much they're publishing, especially in the first like three to five years of a professor's career, they are, very intense and so that's fun to be around especially if you you mm. want to see that happening and so young programs have that advantage if they're well funded which oregon State is so so um so i applied there i applied to a couple other schools and it turns out oregon state was the only school i was really excited about robotics and their robotics program that i got accepted to so oh that's okay. where that's where i went
0: so you went from the wolf pack to being a beaver. To a beaver, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which is so,
2: kind of analogous. Most I didn't know this till I moved out there, but Oregon State is basically the NC state of Oregon. And then U of O, University of Oregon, is basically the Chapel Hill of Oregon. Uh, okay. There's
0: there's so no Duke really. Go beavers. Yeah. <laughs> so no no Duke equivalent, I not
2: guess.
1: Not that I know of, no. Not not really. No. Very cool.
0: So a step down in mascot, but that's very <laughs> cool. <laughs> Very oh, yeah, cool. the, the
1: sports are nothing to write home about. Well, about I know you right really cared about sports. I was not the most loyal fan, maybe, but that's no. right.
2: Went to maybe two football games? Maybe. maybe. I didn't even know you went to two. <laughs> I no, it
1: might have only been one, but maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we probably didn't win that <laughs> I well. went to some more basketball <laughs> games, but yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay, so robotics. Um, You failed to mention, I don't want to get this wrong, but you did do something with... Uh, Robot cockroaches, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah I was... want to hear about
1: okay. that. Okay, yeah, <laughs> me too. So, so NC State. Part of the reason I didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't end up at NC State for my master's is one, they people like to see diversity with your degrees once you move into higher on education. So I was that was one thing I was considering, but also um, at NC State robotics are used for a lot of interesting things as tools, but there's not as many people researching them directly. And so I wanted to in undergrad I wanted to do research because if you don't know if you like research or not when you're going into grad school, that's kind of late to be figuring that out because that's what you're doing all of grad school. So, uh, so I worked in a couple of different labs, and one of them was Dr. Um, Edgar Lobaton, and his lab was looking at these robot cockroaches that uh, another professor, um, Dr. Bosker, was was building. And so the so basic- I'm, try- yeah, on, I'm, I'm trying to I'm imagine
0: sure. this. Are you like? Just household cockroaches,
1: or are these? Um, so, so Super the thing about cockroaches, cockroaches yeah, Super exactly, soldier. exactly. So, so the thing about cockroaches is that when you're when you're talking about electronics, they don't have a lot of carrying capacity. So, we were using Madagascar hissing cockroaches, which are Fun. much larger. <laughs> yeah, they're they're great. Sounds um, like a nightmare. <laughs> they hiss very loudly. It's a little. Just, you Aww. get used to it eventually, but <laughs> you'll just be fit. sitting in the lab working, and then it'll be like. So, um. Wow. Do, do that again yeah. for the mic. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so. bust the mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they're a little, they're a little weird, but they're actually cleaner than like the German cockroaches that wander around our houses and stuff. So, gotcha. Um, gotcha. So that was nice for when we had to handle them to, to do things. Oh, um, like
0: actually in your hand.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like you'd pick them up. Like you just, oh. um, like well, you like... had to put them in the arena where they ran around during experiments and things. So I handled them a couple times. It wasn't my oh. main job. Someone else did that mostly. But.
0: So, so I'm curious, is this the research you're doing mm-hmm. <clears throat> robotics in cockroach? I'm just curious like what right, right. were what, what you trying to accomplish?
1: So so basically the idea was that it's hard to build robots that are good at moving around on surfaces that aren't flat. And cockroaches are really <laughs> good at that. So if we could sort of figure out a way to mind control the cockroaches, then you can use them as the the locomotion for a robot. So you're just driving the cockroach around to where you want to be, and then once you're there, you can take whatever measurements you want to do or do robot things once you're there. But then you have to figure out the driving part. The cockroach does that.
0: I mean, that sounds incredibly simple, but Well, that's
1: yeah, no. Um so the the tricky part is convincing the cockroach to go where you want. Right. right. And the nice thing about cockroaches is, is that they're really dumb. And so <laughs> oh. So if you um if you modify their antennae so that you can Send electricity into them. You can convince them that they're running into walls when they're not. And then once you do that, because they have no long-term memory, you can tell them they're constantly running into something, and they'll always back away from it. So even if they just backed away, if their antenna tells them they're still running into something, they're going to back up again. (laughs) And so, given some some tricks, which was the job of some other people in the lab, and that was already done when I showed up. you can you can steer the cockroaches around pretty effectively, and there's some cool videos of them like following lines and different things. Um, and so that's sort of the 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 part that was finished when I got into the lab. And then the question was, once you can drive them around, you need to know where they are so you can figure out, you know, when you're when you're going from point A to point B, you need to know where you are and then where you need to go so mm-hmm. that you can draw the path and get the, the cockroaches to follow that. And so. That was more of a a sensor measurement and like data calculation problem. Uh, And that's what Dr. Lobaton's lab did. So that's what I worked on for two years in his lab. Gotcha, and And I think
0: you told me this before, but the use case would be that they eventually could save people's lives, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the the roaches are small, and they're good at maneuvering in tight spaces. So a lot of search and rescue is, it's not hard because you can't rescue the people. It's hard because you don't know where they are in the first place. So Hmm. if you can find them, then you can usually get to them. We've we've got equipment to do that stuff. So uh, the idea is that the roaches would sort of, spread out through a disaster scenario where you maybe have collapsed buildings or rubble and things, and they'd have microphones on them. And so they could listen to hear people calling for help in the wreckage wow. and then identify where they are. And then someone else would step in to actually rescue them because yeah. the cockroaches aren't too good at that. <laughs> yeah, it makes um, sense.
0: Yeah. So are you – um, is was this only being done at NC State or is there
1: – There were some so, – so different labs like different animals. So I think there was a group at MIT that was doing some work with – some like rhinoceros beetles or something like a large beetle, um, and there was actually a sort of a uh, a companion study that was going on at Chapel Hill where they were looking at trying to control uh, moths as like sort of an aerial addition to the swarm. But I don't, wow. I couldn't find. It didn't seem like that made it very far. There were some extra challenges with flying insects that gotcha. made that a lot harder. Um, but not too many. Pl- it's places. not no. It's not very common, and uh, and part of it is that you you need. You need expertise in a lot of different areas so you need the biology people to understand how the cockroach works so that you can trick it into doing things and then you need people that can build the electronics that are small enough to go on the roach and send the signals that actually work and then you need people that are um identifying like measuring and then making sense of the information that comes off of the center backpack that's on the roach so there were two or three different labs at NC State and I think that's one thing that State does really well is collaboration between different professors that have different areas of expertise and then you get these cool projects like the brooches that you're not really going to find one lab that's able to do all those pieces very easily
0: yeah that's really cool so both of you made an impact Uh, Andrew with design I know you designed a couple cool things that you could share some of the things you designed and I don't know if any of one of those came to fruition, right? One of those was actually made by a uh, Design Studio somewhere else or manufactured. What do you you mean in my time at Kershaw or my
2: time at NC no, State? No, not
0: Kershaw at uh, N C State. Yeah.
2: Um so for yeah, portfolio projects, um I designed a hatchet that was pretty fun. Um that was really cool. As far as um being manufactured, um, not per se, but I did have a did have a, a model, like a really uh, lifelike prototype made of a taser that I designed uh, for home defense so that was that was really fun that was a cool project
0: okay very cool i'm seeing a theme though it's weapons <laughs> you know uh <laughs>
2: yeah it's a good thing that a knife design company picked me up you know yeah uh, yeah <laughs> that's awesome but yeah it was fun
0: very cool so making impact at nc state both of you um and then going off to oregon so actually i wanted to bring this back to the triangle what are mm. some of the biggest differences between oregon and north carolina mm. Being 919ers yourself and then going off to,
2: I don't even know, what's the area code out there? It's like 517 or something. (laughs) I don't know. Chris is like, I I have no idea.
1: I I don't call people (laughs) now.
2: Honestly, I mean, to be perfectly frank, I think in a lot of ways, especially in the area of, like, the downtown Raleigh area, there's honestly, I would say, probably more similarities than differences that I've found um, with Portland. I definitely kind of, you know, kind of have gotten the vibe that um, a lot of, like, the sort of, like, whether you want to call it like gentrification or you know urban revival or whatever, a lot of that I feel like is definitely modeled after what you had in Portland and in cities like Portland and Raleigh. Um, so I would say there's a lot of similarities as far as like you know coffee shops everywhere. You know there's like microbreweries and like really kind of niche like restaurants. You know, uh, right. which is really nice. Um, so yeah, I would say there's a lot of similarities. Um, big one of the biggest differences. Uh, there's really good public transit in um, in Portland. Um, there's the MAX, which is like a like a metro, like subway kind of thing um, that runs throughout the city and then there's buses. And it's a really uh, efficient system. Portland is a little bit larger and I would say maybe a little bit denser than Raleigh. So it might be a little bit, at least as of right now, might be more viable. Um, but that definitely be something that would be cool to see in, at least in the inner, you know, inside the butt line Raleigh area in the next like 10 or 20 years as mm-hmm. it gets denser.
0: Yeah. Well, dang, you just had free advertising for public transit. like. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Elon Musk can come in here and have a, was it? He Build has us a bor- our hyperloop to Charlotte or No, his or his company is yeah. the boring. Yeah, yeah the, the boring, boring company. company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh-huh. <laughs> Literally like, boring. Good name. <laughs> boring <laughs> tunnels. Yeah. Well, when you're rich, you can have creative names like that and get mm. away with it. So yeah, that's true. Very cool. So, so Chris, sorry. what do you think? Some some big differences between Oregon and North Carolina.
1: Yeah. So I am Corvallis, which is where Oregon State is based, is two two and a half hours south of Portland. And so, uh, I think I think the one thing I've noticed that maybe the The area has that I didn't see as much of in Raleigh is there's a lot more ethnic Asian food. Just I guess because of hmm. the immigrants, um, I think our Mexican is still better personally. Even though and, they have some good Mexican in the Triangle. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, good. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like Mexican. food. Yeah, no. Um, but uh,
0: you're saying they've got a leg up on. Uh, they might Asian have a food? leg
1: up on Asian food, but okay. more it's just variety. Where yeah. I'd, I'd say here we have maybe. Uh, Chinese, Japanese. I've seen maybe a couple Vietnamese restaurants around here and over there. They identify as like this is from Laos. This is from I can't even like Cambodia or whatever. They're okay, so... actually
0: they actually call it what it is instead of just Asian. Yeah, exactly okay. right.
1: So it's a little That's less a... chain feeling maybe. Definitely, but, um... there's fewer
2: chains out there. And okay, like... really. Mm-hmm. Something being authentic, you know, and I think that like being specific to exactly where it's from is definitely something you see more like it's a
1: marketing thing out there. Like people like it when it's specific, whereas where we are, maybe we just want like you know something with rice and chicken and whatever. Right, just an Asian place (laughs) is fine, thank you. I just want some Asian, yeah. So, so that's one big difference. I think Andrew's right that the similarities are maybe more, more striking, and that yeah, I expected you're going a long way away. From home, and you're going to the west coast, which is different, and then the northwest is has a reputation for being eccentric in some ways, I think, but it's been much less of a culture shock than I expected. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, so you're, you guys are saying that there's not a Chick-fil-A or Cookout or Bojangles up there. Oh, there there yeah, are
2: okay. There are two Chick-fil-A's. Um, Real, so I can move there? You, yeah, you can <laughs> okay. definitely. Not to Corvallis, but uh, to Yeah, You can. I, yeah, uh, Bojangles, Cookout, that's not a thing. Uh, although I will say, you know, Portland definitely, I don't know about Corvallis, but Portland definitely makes up for it in that the restaurants they do have there, though, like, They all specialize in something, and they're extremely good at what they do. But, I mean, again, you get a lot of that, like, downtown Raleigh. So, you know, Hmm. definitely, yeah.
1: There's definitely some, like, I don't know if you've seen this thing where, like, a a restaurant, like, there's a shopping center that's getting built, and there's a restaurant, and they build it to look like a warehouse, but it's a restaurant. And so you sort of, if you're me, you have this question of why did they decide (laughs) to build a warehouse and then put a restaurant in it. Because it's hipster, but that came from Portland when there was some abandoned warehouse that yeah. used to actually be a warehouse, and some dude bought it and put a restaurant in it, and everyone thought it was cool.
0: So, it's, so... it's authentic hipster, but that's like trying to copy. Basically. Yeah, so, okay. so then yeah.
1: Raleigh has turned itself into Portland a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, which is cool. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's it's interesting to I realize. enjoy the coffee yeah.
0: and the beer, so yeah. that's, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. So the the uh, winding down, but the question I ask of uh Every single well, there's haven't been too many uh, pods so far, but uh, the question I ask of everyone is how are you transforming the triangle? Now you guys aren't <laughs> you well, guys uh, you guys aren't in the triangle anymore. So how about this? What have you taken with you from the triangle or the nine one nine that is transforming Oregon for the better?
2: Hmm. Uh, I mean, for me,
0: literally or figuratively, if you took something uh, <laughs> something with you,
2: <laughs> no, I I would say. Um, I would say definitely um, the biggest thing for me would be my faith and the perspectives that that brings. Um, you know, there's definitely, like culturally, um, there are, there's just different culturally. You know, I think the South definitely has a more uh, uh, Christian or evangelical saturated culture than Oregon does. Um, and I think that that's, honestly, I mean, that's been the biggest thing that's changed me. And so, I mean, truly to answer that, honestly, I would say that's the biggest way that, I'm bringing, uh, it's not, you know, Southern culture isn't Christianity, but that's definitely an element of it that is less present. Not absent, by any means. There are a lot of awesome churches in Portland. Um, But I think that's the most transformative thing in me that then is getting, um, that then I'm bringing to the Northwest.
0: Very cool. Awesome. That's awesome, yeah. Chris, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think... uh i feel like i'm just getting started really out in oregon it's weird because i've I've been there i moved in 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 september but it feels very it was very fast the first quarter i mean you know i guess you're getting established and stuff but uh yeah it makes sense i uh i'm definitely i'm planning on coming back to the triangle eventually as soon as makes sense um so it's the best place in the world it feels like it to me yeah (laughs) um so I good answer
0: uh, from being on a
1: yeah there you <laughs> go so I'm sucking ah, up now no but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I th- I think I think when you when you look at the the northwest and, and Corvallis in in particular there's a, there's a lot less diversity of perspective and opinion on a lot of things and I wouldn't say that like the South is different but North Carolina being right at the line mm-hmm. more or less you get a lot more mixing and yeah. so there are a lot of discussions where. I'll bring up something that the, you know, the rest of the group hasn't even really thought about before, just because it's not the way that people frame things out there. So I, th- I mm. think it's, uh, you know, a different perspective.
0: So bringing perspective. That's really cool. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that you're planning on coming back, yeah, so you can bring yeah. that robotics degree back here. And um, that's the plan. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's plenty of companies to work for. So, uh, are you guys? I guess they're – Portland – I say Portland, but, I mean, there's a lot more to uh, Oregon than just Portland. But their yeah, slogan sure. is keep Portland weird, right? Yes. Are you doing that? There. I see your haircut. So uh, <laughs> well, that's a bit different. <laughs> I, I'm
2: not going to lie. The haircut I brought from North Carolina. So that's okay. not, a, not a Portland thing. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely weird. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like I'm probably one of the more – you know, I wear shoes when I go outside, so I'm probably uh, one yeah. of the more normal normal <laughs> ones there. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay. Well, that's all I got for you. Anything? Um, how about a quick thing, if anyone's considering visiting Oregon, what should they be checking out while they're over
2: there? Food. Definitely the food. So just
1: eat a lot. And, and be outside. Yes. everything's outside. bigger on the West Coast. Yes. It's really quite amazing. But come in the summer. Uh, oh, the yeah. Nor- yeah definitely. The
2: Northwest is rainy from, like, October to May. But if you come in the summer, it is fantastic.
1: Oh, okay. Both of my school tours, one was in May and one was in September. So both of the times my parents were there, it never rained. And they were very <laughs> confused. But it's, it has rained since then quite a bit. So so,
0: yeah. so is that an invitation for me to come visit? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Uh, I have a couch. Yeah. Okay, awesome. <laughs> That's all I need. Actually, I need something for Katie, too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two couches in my house. Two couches. Awesome. Ah. Okay, Very cool. Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, and, thank you. Uh, Thanks for inviting us. And uh, hopefully you can see you again soon. It's been a couple months, so. <laughs> mm. <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Peace. That was Chris and Andrew telling us about their journeys from the Triangle to the West Coast. If you liked it, let me know by leaving a five-star rating and connecting with the show via Twitter and Facebook. Thanks for listening.